Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck, the show that helps you change the way you lead. This week we're looking at mission in the community by talking to Paul Weston, Senior Leader of New Generation Church in Sidcup and Bexley Heath. Paul also serves on the leadership teams of the Pioneer Network of Churches and also of Spring Harvest. Also in the studio is Rob Stevens on the pastoral team at Bookham Baptist Church and looking at local mission as part of his sabbatical and he's helped uh, form some of the questions. So welcome Paul to Leadership Farm. Yeah, good to see you. Good, good, to, to, good, to, have good you, to have you, Paul. Good to have you in. Um, um, tell us how did New Generation Church come into being? Well, it's an interesting story uh, how our church started because um, it was really a, uh, a group of young people back in the sort of late 60s, early 70s that uh, were part of a very traditional church background and they went away to one of the kind of summer camps that were going on and uh, experienced a uh, new songs and new ways of worshipping and freedom in the spirit and Bible teaching that was, you know, about lifestyle and, and so on. And so they sort of came back to try and integrate back in as a youth group back into the church, but didn't really connect anymore. Things had changed for them massively in terms of how they saw, you know, the world and how what God was doing in the world. And uh, so they planted a, a new church, which was sort of happening all around the country at that time. Lots of new churches were starting. And so, yeah, so they started to gather as a house church and and the house church grew to you know needing a, a bigger building to be in and so on so that's how it started yeah. and we still call call this new churches although it's actually sort of yeah. 60 years or so yeah. since i think every denomination and network <laughs> has always been the new church for a yes. while <laughs> until yes. the new church starts so your your so. your new generation although it's kind of you know yeah, we're all all generation all generation <laughs> yeah. Do. yeah okay fair enough um and and, and so it's a, a local church looking to be part of its local community so expand on on the kind of uh, approach that you take to, to church life yeah well i think the name new generation was a, a sort of prophetic word for us as a church because um when you look around at all the churches in the community you realize that you you don't just want to be doing the same as everybody else all the time um although there'll be elements of that and we felt there were particular needs in the community that were starting to really show their face i suppose and particular needs in poverty and um loneliness and these kind of things so um, so what we did as New Generation Church, we started to see if we could tackle some of those issues in our community by um, really sort of, I suppose, making good things happen, which is sort of our strap line. And we really believe that um, making people's lives better, improving people's um, well-being, uh, investing in the community in all sorts of ways um, is really our sort of philosophy of thinking and we, what we feel God's nudged us to do. And so making good things happen is, uh, you know, we want to see people becoming born again and, and finding Jesus. But... Also, uh, what's the point of just doing that if people are living life, you know, hell on earth sort of thing? It's horrible to be in that sort of place. So that's our vision. Sure, sure. And just for the listeners from outside these shores and indeed even from the UK, uh, Sidcup and Bexley Heath, we're talking southeast. Yes, yeah, so we're in the London Borough of Bexley. London Borough. Um, People say, oh, you live in Kent, but we're in, we, we're called Sick Up Kent, but we're in the London Borough of Bexley. We're confused. Right. So, um, <laughs> help us. So the kind of hints, yeah. so the hints, so we're not, we're not talking leaf, particularly leafy green fields sort of country, are we? We're talking... No, I think, I think it's a mixture mm. of that. It's, it's a bit of both. I think you've got okay. estates and you've got leafy green and, yeah. yeah. And, and so um, talk about, you have a ministry within, within schools and, and other areas. So talk about the school perhaps first. Well, the school really is a, has been a byproduct of an event that we started many years ago called Lark in the Park. 
Um, so what was happening was we noticed that during the summer, the summer's a long period of time for families, um, particularly um, historically back then, more so for mums, you know, uh, uh, who were looking after their kids all summer. And lots of things in our area were closing down, so there wasn't a lot of things to do. So what we decided to do was put on a little event um, in a gazebo in the middle of a park, which many churches have done traditionally for many years. So it was nothing new in that sense. Um, to be honest, it rained for like four days. Um, we had a couple of dogs and a couple of people standing there with buggies, but it wasn't very effective. And uh, we kind of, we were a bit discouraged at the end of it. But I think what had happened was in our hearts, a dream was born and it came out of a few mums saying to us, why don't you do a kids club? That's what we really need in this town. We need something to take the kids to. It's such a long summer. So we thought, well, let's try it. So we put a big top up. Well, it's a small top compared to the tents we have now. But it was, then it was, whoa, we got this big top up. And um, it's probably a couple of gazebos put together. <laughs> but uh, but we, had this, we had this tent up. And of course, on the first day, we had like 60 children turn up. And we were a bit like, whoa, <laughs> what are we doing? You know, and, and it was a bit of a shock to us. We thought, you know, maybe 10, 15 would come. And, and so over the week of doing that, the five days of doing that, also, people started saying, oh, you should do some stuff for young people. And why not, what about the elderly in town and all that? And they weren't sort of throwing it on us, but it was a challenge for us. And we thought, yeah, I wonder if it's possible to put an event on that brings every age group and every kind of background uh, onto the same piece of ground where they can celebrate one another, uh, celebrate all that's good in our community. And, uh, and also for us to reach out with the gospel in a way that isn't just with words, but is with actions as well. So, so this event... 20 years old now yeah tw 20 years we've been going yeah 20 years and, and 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 you really strive for that mix of serving people and sharing the gospel is that is that what you're really about seeing this story of jesus come into people's lives but also seeing transformation in their lives through caring for them and loving for them is that what you're, what you're about yeah i mean ultimately i think the only real way to really transform someone's life is is the gospel and the good news of jesus and how that can impact your life and change it um so uh, if you come to the site, there will be venues for every age group, whether it's the Freedom Zone, which is for our over 60s, and there's you know live music and bingo and crosswords and jigsaws and beauty product, you know, having beauty treatments and all sorts of things, and really honouring the older generation, and particularly you know as loneliness is such a problem at the moment um, for people. So, but in that, um, people are asking the question, why are you doing this? And what's this all about? And so we're not hiding it in any way. And we're offering prayer and we're seeing people that have been prayed for having their lives changed. And, and also seeing people who make a decision to say, you know what, I, you know, I want to follow Jesus. And, and so we're helping disciple them to, to follow Jesus. So, and that's happening in every age group, whether it's from our children, from our young people to our adults and, and so on. So on site, we have around just under 2000 people every day for 16 days. It's completely free. It's free food. It's free drinks. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's some stuff you can buy, but there's lots of stuff. We do free meals. We do um, a meal for married couples. We uh, have a you know, big couples night. We have uh, Saturday night family nights where people can come and book a big round table and sit as a family or with friends. And it's like a show and you know fun and games, a bit like sort of going to Butlin's type show, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and... Uh, yeah, lots of other things alongside that. We've got a chapel that's open all the time and so many people come to the chapel just saying, can I talk? Can someone listen to me? Uh, could you pray a prayer for me? Um, so, yeah, there's about 12 different venues and there's, there's you know hundreds of people work on it. We have about 500 people that are volunteers. Many of them come from overseas, come from different teams that come travel over. Um, so, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really significant thing for our town. And the local council happy enough? 
Yeah, the lo- we work with the local authority, mm. with the police are there every day, not because mm. they, uh, they, they, you know, there's high crime. Uh, in actual fact, the only thing we've ever had stolen there is some sweets from the tuck shop and someone stole a speaker, which is a shame. They only took one, they should have took a take, would have given the other one if they wanted it. <laughs> um, but uh, so uh, the local police are there, they have a big van and they, you know, do lots of mm. work with the kids and lots of awareness. So we, for years, we've worked alongside the police and the local authority and our local councillors. Our MP, James Brokenshire, Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, is very supportive of what we do. And we work very close together with any particular needs that are coming up. And the church leaders in SICUP, we're very privileged. And I know it's not like this in everywhere, but we're, we really get on. We like each other. You know, we have breakfast together once a month and lunch, uh, you know, alternate. And, and we really get on, on together. And uh, it's a good good relationship of wanting to do things together. So just a few ministers have just left, uh, retired in SICUP. And all the you know the leaders are there celebrating that and being there at lunch to say thank you. And I think that's the great mm. sort of feel that an event like this and, you know, um, wanting to serve each other is, 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 the, is the what's come yeah. out of it. Yeah. So you said that um, Hope community school which is the the free school that you set up that came out of the lark in the park um yeah tell us the story of how that that came about yeah well hope community school uh came about because uh, there was a there was a private school in a building down on an estate where for many years we've been taking our double decker bus onto the estate and running football clubs and so we've had quite a commitment uh working on this particular estate these two estates and this private school was closing down and um uh, the free school sort of initiative had just started the opportunity for community groups to run schools and and uh, i've been work serving in a school running football clubs and doing lessons occasionally being a school governor and all those kind of things um and never really thought about ever running a school and was that even possible but the reality is when we're doing youth work what we were finding was that actually a lot of the issues you're dealing with with young people could be so sorted out earlier on in their life and a lot of it is rooted in education and helping children with a different type of education that isn't always the same way it's always been done, some sort of machine that people go through and pop out at the other end with some good results. Mm. But actually, there's a lot, there's a lot more creativity and that may be needed. So, so yeah, so uh, we had the opportunity to start, we applied to start a school called Hope Community School. In fact, it's funny, I was heading out of the house one day to the final planning meeting where we had to name the school. We were in the bid phase with, you know, hours of meetings in the evening. Mm. If you're ever thinking of starting a free school, it's... It's tough work. It's not. It's not an easy thing to do, and rightly so. But as we were, as I was leaving the house, my daughter shouted out to me, "Oh, what, what are you what are you doing tonight, Dad?" And I said, "Oh, we're having the final meeting. We've got to name the school tonight to put it on the bid." And uh, and she just shouted out, "You should call it Hope Community." And um, I thought that's a funny name. And if I say that at the team meeting, I was going to laugh. Hope Community School. That sounds a bit strange. But as I drove down, I thought that is exactly what we're doing. We're trying to bring hope. We're trying to build a community, and we'll have a fantastic, outstanding school. So we had all the paper around the walls ready to go, marker pens are out, and I sort of came in and said, well, uh, okay, guys, let's get cracking. You know, anyone got some suggestions? And a few things sort of came in. I just said, oh, you know, my daughter said, what about Hope Community School? Like, and I was like, yes, brilliant, let's do that. So, so that's what we've started. Um, it's a school down on the state. Um, we have a massive vision for raising up entrepreneurs and leaders. That's our main strap line. So we have communities in the classroom. So we have, a, for example, we have a, a BMW garage. Uh, mm. which a wonderful Christian uh, leader uh, runs and he's allowed us to use some space in that garage and so um, yeah so we the children go in there and they're learning about the car industry and the whole range of things we've got another company it's a garden centre our children go there and they're learning the whole process of from a seed to the sale of a plant how it all works so and these are primary school children mm. you know learning that going into business and not just doing forest school and all that which is exciting but actually going into 
into businesses. So that's one of our visions, and underpinned with Christian values. We're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. We're joined this week by Paul Weston. Uh, Paul's the senior leader of New Generation Church in Sidcup, and Bexley Heath will be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Paul Weston, the senior leader of New Generation Church in Sidcup and Bexley Heath. Um, Paul is, uh, has been chatting about uh, how the, the church started. Uh, it was New Generation Church some sort of 40, 50 years ago. Uh, and also in the room is uh, Rob Stevens on the pastoral team at Bookham Baptist and looking at local mission as part of his uh, sabbatical. So um, you've been looking a little bit, Paul, at the um, sort of initiatives you've had. You talked about Lark in the Park and how that Hope Community School uh, was uh, developed from that uh, and, and then uh, Blackfin Library is that am I pronouncing that correctly yeah. yeah that's right yeah so I suppose this strap line for us this vision that we have of making good things happen um, I suppose over the years we've responded to different needs in our in our community and some of those have just been a short-term project or just even a weekend you know clearing a garden or you know um, uh, running a football club somewhere and so on um, but I think as a church we shouldn't just be wanting just to fill our Sundays with more people uh, we should be wanting to be salt and light in our community so I think the gospel I think the mission is that I think the church can do things excellently and can do things really well um, and and why not be running some of these things so yeah so what happened was the local library uh, came up for community tender some of the libraries were closing down and they were the local authority was just saying we need some groups to you know take libraries libraries over so our view was as a team was well we should put a bid in i don't think we necessarily had a massive passion to run the library but what we had a massive passion for is for the library not to close and so we didn't know if anyone else was bidding for it or not but our, our vision was this library can't close what an amazing space blackfin needs the life of this library and it'll be sad due to austerity that it closes and uh, what an opportunity for the church to come and serve in that way so we wrote the bid and um, had quite a few meetings with the local authority as you process your bid and so on and then uh, and then it, you know it was sh we were shortlisted surprisingly um, and then uh, although we felt we had a strong bid but it generally wasn't a competitive bid it was more of a if no one else is doing this we want to serve um, and then we uh, then we were then told we've been successful well wow. <laughs> so um, yeah um, it's funny because everyone sort of jokes because I'm not a brilliant reader um, so we've got a, I don't know 25,000 books or something yeah, in, right. in this in this library so yeah. and, I, and I've got to ask did you start culling some of the less savory stuff or was that really I mean you're basically you're serving the community so I'm yeah. I'm guessing you may not yeah. be able to do that kind of well stuff. well no what we did was <laughs> and and I think uh, it's a community library it's yeah, for yeah. the community it's what the community wants so we have completely left the book stock as it was yeah but what we have done is just um, put a little theology section in there and mm. we've improved some of the quality of yeah. some of the uh, put some great, you know, Christian books in there yeah, that are yeah. that people can choose to read or not read. So all the Indeed. normal stocks there, but we just put some really good, new, fresh um, books in there, which we've had a privilege. A lot of people have donated those from you know different distributors oh, and authors have given us their books. No, wonderful, so, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Um, and um, how, how do you see your role as a leader in in this kind of community? Because this is a very new, very different from pastoring a independent church where you you know marriage, burials, you know that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Well, I think I think you know we've heard it said before, haven't we? But I think you know our community is our pastor, our community is our church. Um, my neighbours, my friends, my my family, my you know my community. Uh, the, the, every, I feel that we are responsible for the spiritual well-being of of the town, and not just us, but the churches are. And so, if we just retreat and hide, then 
where's where's the light going to be and where's the influence going to be so i don't think it's just the the church as an organization making a difference because hopefully our church has a vision as as the local churches do that people are in their workplaces and working every day as a teacher in a school that is maybe not a faith school working in a business or working for the ambulance service or working uh, in a shop in the high street or wherever it might be that everyone is being salt and light um, but i think we view uh, as a church that um, also there's something you can do together um, which maybe as an individual you may not be able to turn around as quick or to make mm. a difference so whether it's litter picking the streets that a street that we live in and taking responsibility for that or whether it's uh, running a preschool club for children uh, like we do or friday nights running youth work and all those kind of things um, but equally it's as a church I, my responsibility um, is also to as a team as well to equip everyone in our church to be sort of like wherever they go sitting on the train working in an office in london wherever that well i mean i'm delighted to hear you say that because that's often overlooked you know mm. people get prayed for if they're in a if they're leading the sunday school but they're not if they're in a local school you know yeah and i think often you know it's great to lay hands on missionaries and wave goodbye as they head off on the plane to the you know developing world and every day we've got missionaries going into yeah. businesses and and, and working mm. in the health service and schools and all sorts of places so yeah so there's a lot of activity here, uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, where, where, do, where do the resources uh, for you as a group of people, as a church community, where do you think those resources come from? You know, what is it that you turn to? Um, what, where do you draw from to sustain all this activity? Yeah, I, th I think um, to answer your question on, about that, I think, I think from multiple places, but I think, obviously, from God, yeah. and from his whispers and from his nudgings and from his word and from being, I think one of the challenges I've always found is I saw over the years, lots of my friends almost as leaders deciding that the ch it wasn't the church wasn't the place to be. Let's go and do something else. And I, and I felt I felt actually it's the church that can can change things as well. How do we do that? And so mm -hmm. so I think we've tried to feed ourselves with as many great inspirational leadership stuff that's out there whether it be the bill hybels sort of up there sort of you know wow you know what they're doing at willow uh, whether it's to you know sort of a, a nun in the middle of the slums in uh, in india and learning what they're doing yeah. and and those sort of things and those kind of two amazing sort of different things different yeah. things going on and i think um i think as well like the thing i've realized over the years i was reflecting on this before coming here today that i just think at the end of the day it is really hard work it's absolutely loads of grit and total determination that gets you through because you can have all the nice Bible verses and all the nice you know people cheering you on and all of that. But at the end of the day, you've got to get out of bed and you've got to make the idea happen because you can have, I know lots of people have got lots of ideas. Mm. Sit with people who talk about theory all the time about how we can do this and how we can do that. Mm. But an idea is just an idea until it becomes reality. And I think it's the activation of the idea yeah. that is often the bit that's missed off. A lot of theory, but mm. not the practice so I, I, we've had our fingers burnt over the years and probably will you know will do uh, over the next few years so. so there seems to be some kind of deep commitment to service would that be true that um you know this this idea that it, god calls us to serve uh, those that are around us yeah um, those that we see who are in need yeah uh, and that 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 needs to be fed that that commitment to service would that be true yeah i think that's definitely true i think it's the commitment it's the dedication the loyalty to taking the responsibility i love the fact that you know Jesus became flesh and blood and it says in the message he moved into the neighborhood and so we've moved into the neighborhood we're part of the neighborhood also I think probably for us the influence of my own personal background like and story 
has an influence on why I massively care about our community and wanting to see particularly young people really find their place and not end up just hanging around the parks and just with a sort of a you know rudderless kind of future and so on so I th yeah so I think that motivates you as well doesn't it as a mm. leader you are motivated by your own story and your own story then is then sort of injected into the vision and faith that you have and what you're delivering on the streets and in the community so fantastic yeah. so it, so it sounds like you were a rudderless young person around <laughs> in the street I mean is that the story sort of major criminal sort of thing <laughs> or anything like that but you know I, I knew how to cause a little bit of trouble here and there and sure. I think uh, just like any young person growing up in a town mm. and uh, hang out with a big gang and this was in Sidcup itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been Sidcup pretty much most of my life. And, yeah. uh, you know, my people who know me, my story is I was adopted as well. So I had that okay. sort of background of such feeling mm. such a privilege to still be alive and not have been mm. maybe terminated at birth or whatever. So yeah. I really feel my wanting to make my life count and wanting to make, mm. make a difference with my life. And uh, so that's that's my motive. And then, of course, when I found Christ, you know, I found mm. that Jesus was, could, like, was my saviour. And that was the, all the dots mm. just absolutely came together. And I realised, wow, this mm. is... I want to give my life to serve this town. I want to give my life to, mm. to make a difference in people's lives. And, and through that, I hope they discover Jesus mm. through it. Uh, um, what I call the, th you're the kind of three W's, church, words, works and wonders. So mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that mosaic. I mean, it's obviously a, a charismatic sort of fellowship that you're part of. Yeah, yeah so we're part of Pioneer Network. And um, of course, we, we believe that you know, Jesus is alive and that mm. his presence is, mm. is everywhere. And, and uh He's doing some amazing things. So we, uh, we've been massively influenced over the years by all sorts of influence around mm. that, whether it's the, at the moment the Bethel guys and mm. all the kind of stuff that's happening there and other places. But I think we've consistently um, been about serving, about absolutely being Bible-based and not veering off of that and mm. getting into some kind of weird cul-de-sac with the scriptures. And here it is, this, you know, it says, love your neighbor. It says that, you know, all these sort of things. And, um, and I think in that we look at Jesus and we think he... He prayed for the sick, he laid hands on the sick, he did all sorts of miracles. And so we are absolutely committed to praying for people as well. So on a Friday night, we have a team that go out on the streets, part pastors, a bit mm -hmm. like street pastors, but we, it's based from coming from Lark in the Park. Okay. And our part pastors team are out all over the place. One, to primarily help with some of the low level disturbance and sort of crime mm -hmm. and work alongside the police. But also it's just amazing how many people Friday night they're just at the end of themselves and to sit down with someone and share a bit and then be prayed for and and so on if they you know want that um so yeah so we're we're totally committed to praying for people and um all those sort of things yeah wonderful and um any books resources that have helped you along the way particularly I, you, I think you mentioned you weren't a reader yeah, so I'm, well, I, I'm a little I'm a nervous reader. asking the question it takes me a long time <laughs> to get through a book um, but uh, I tend to sort of read I've got a few books on the go okay, um sure. but I think I try to mix it up a little bit I think oh. I, I read some sort of things like all robert stuff you know yeah. like i love the kind of real old pioneers and yeah. the sort of hudson taylor types you know all those kind of things but i equally are very inspired by the andy stanleys and the bill highballs and the, i think they've given us a framework to kind of organize the sort mm. of chaos that we we're in you know we're all going Rah, what are we doing and i think these guys have sort of said you if you put some structure around this you're not killing it you're giving it long a long levity mm. you're giving it a future yeah rather than it just being short-lived and a bit of a puff of smoke. So, mm. so all those kind of authors have really inspired me a lot. And, and um, yeah. So. so any kind of hopes, plans, dreams that are starting to emerge? I know that Lark in the Park is starting to spread out beyond Sig Cup into other places. How's that going? Any other dreams that are in the, in the pot? Yeah, so at the moment we're in the process like with 
um, Hope Community School. We're in the process that we're in pre-opening phase of two other schools, one in Southampton and one down in Ebbsfleet mm. uh, in the brand new Garden City. So it's right by the Eurostar station. Wow. It's in the massive development of thousands of homes, which is really exciting to be there. Uh, Southampton, we're right in the city centre. Uh, where there's particularly a lot of refugees and so on, and so we're really excited about you know, developing a school there as well. And we've got plans further afield than that as well, so that's exciting. And also with Lark in the Park, we've never kind of held the copyright of it. You know, it's not our original idea anyway, probably. It's lots of ideas of other people over the years. And so people have come from around the world and they've taken it off to their place. So we've been amazed to get an email saying, we're starting Lark in the Park this week. And you're like, where are you from? Oh, we're in Jamaica. Like, what? You know, we're in, uh, we're in the States or we're in Denmark and Sweden. And, uh, and there's a few places that I have friends in Ramsgate uh, down there, down at Glogen, the guys down there, brilliant friends of ours who work together on lots of projects. They're doing it down in Ramsgate and uh, in, um, oh, uh, yeah, there's lots of other places doing, doing it as well. So. And Woking, they, they were in a park, but they moved it into the city square. Okay. So they now call it Larkin Square. Okay. So, um, so we're even up for people changing the name. So it's <laughs> <laughs> good. Wonderful. Well, uh, time's defeated us, Paul, but it's been fantastic and inspirational to listen to your story and uh, Thank you. to sense your ongoing enthusiasm for this Thank work. You. So you've been listening to Leadership Club with me, Andy Peck. I was joined this week by Paul Weston, the senior leader of New Generation Church in Sidcup and Bexley Heath. Uh, and uh, before we finish the news of a, a show coming up, I'm planning a, a show that looks at how we as leaders might tackle issues of the barriers to faith. So my guest will be Ruth Jackson, who uh, worked with uh, Ravi Zacharias Ministries, uh, and rather suggest uh, areas myself, I would like you to email me your suggestions of areas you'd like her to answer. So what kind of questions do you find toughest when chatting with colleagues, friends and family? Just email me at uh, apec at cwi.org.uk. And the programme will be aired in early 2017. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at 3.30. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apec at cwr.org.uk.